0: <laughs> I I think we should leave it. That's just should, yeah. Let me know when you're ready. Okay. Um hi everyone. Welcome to season 2 of Adult Happy Hour. Um and in this episode we're going to be talking about one of my favorite things. Uh I feel like I say that every episode, but it's true. But um today we're going to be talking about hoe shit, and we're going to be diving deep into the hoe phase. So welcome everyone.. <sighs> So happy you're joining us again or for the first time. Just a quick reminder that I am not a licensed sex therapist or um, a licensed sex coach. I am simply a person who is interested in creating space for us to explore our sensuality, sexuality, and eroticism through conversation and inquiry. We have some notes and links at the end of the show for resources, and we invite guests with their own expertise and experiences. We welcome love and feedback, especially when it helps us to be more inclusive. Welcome to our show. Mm As you guys can hear, we have a very special guest <laughs> in the studio with us today. Um, my son is here. Um, he is four months old and he is just babbling up a storm. And, you know, I thought it would be appropriate. To have him on the podcast, now I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't have a babysitter, y'all. So my son is here, and we talking about hoe shit. Uh, but that's how it be sometimes. Who said moms can't do hoe shit? Um, <laughs> but yeah, so you may hear some baby coos in the background. Um, but this is real life. We're talking about real life stuff. Uh, so. I wanted to talk a little bit about the ho phase today because, um, (laughs) I did, uh, a thing on Instagram and honestly, it was just like one of the most fun adult happy hours to do because I feel like, uh, one, like demystifying the ho phase was a lot of fun. I think two, um, the ho phase can just be a lot of fun, like you know, we're going to, tonight, we're going to talk about some of the different kinds of hoe phases that uh, might come up. And we're, I'm going to talk about some of my personal experiences, but the gist of what I got from my story and just reflecting on my own experience is that um the whole phase, especially when you do it right, can be a lot of fun. Um So I'm excited to talk more about that tonight. But let's start with just like, doing some simple defining of what the hoe phase is. Um, So y'all know that I am a hoe who likes to do her research. And um, I tried to look up a definition for the hoe phase, and it was sort of, like, ambiguous. Like, different sources had different... uh, thoughts on what it was and so I was seeing some talking about serial casual dating other places talking about like sexual liberation other places talking about just having lots of one night stands um and that has just led me to believe that there's just lots of different things that we might experience when we're having um, a hoe phase. So I put I put um, some polls in my story to ask listeners what they think the hoe phase is for. And I want to share some of the results with you. So the first one says the hoe phase is for 26% said... <laughs> Serial casual dating, 50% said random sexual experiences, and 23% said acting bad and reckless. And I just, I love acting bad and reckless. That's just my life. So, but in any case, (laughs) the next one says the whole phase is for, and 18% said experimentation. Um, 27% 27% said getting more ex- sexual experience or practice. 45% said exploring pleasure, so hedonism. And then 9% said lowering the stakes for comfort and less pressure. And I thought that that was really interesting because for some reason I thought it would, a lot of people would say um, for comfort and less uh, pressure, but the majority went with pleasure. Um, and then the last one says the whole phase is for entertaining multiple people. 37% said that, um, 7% said one night stands and 56% of people said not getting attached. Um, again, really interesting. And then, um... I also asked people... Oh, I have one more, actually. Um, And this is one of my favorites. So I said the whole phase is four. 33% of people said shenanigans and mischief. 7% of people said dressing sexy as fuck. Um, 41% of people said answering to no one. Um, And I'm down with that. And then 19% of people said doing hood rat shit with my friends. So, you know, uh, a lot of different ideas about what the hoe phase is for. But I think from talking to my friends and, and from talking to people on Instagram, one thing that kept coming up over and over and over is just this idea of like, you know, being a little toxic and getting into some mischief and getting into uh, shenanigans as I like to call them. And for those of you who maybe didn't hear the first season, a shenanigan is just like when you're, you know, doing baby girl stuff, just like getting into trouble, like getting into uh, things that maybe – you wouldn't do in your normal everyday life and just having fun and uh, living life on the edge a little bit. And I feel like that's one thing about the whole phase that can be so fun is just like embracing that. Like I there's this whole movement on social media right now that's like the villain era. And I feel like a whole phase is definitely kind of like a villain era. But it's like a villain era to be celebrated versus you know like destroying people and tearing people down you're just like no fucks given balls to the wall doing what you want to do and um personally from talking to people for this episode I think that's how I would define the whole phase and I think that you know Different people could have different kinds of hoe phases. um, And there may be some similarities across. But I don't think the hoe phase is about, like, who you sleep with. I think it has more to do with just, like, not giving a fuck and living life loudly and on the edge. And on that note, too, about, like, I think sometimes when people think of a hoe, they think of someone who's had, like, a lot of partners. And I, on this podcast and on my stories, I will never, ever, ever talk about the number of partners that you have or your partner has. Because honestly, I find it to be so boring. I find it to be so reductive. And it doesn't matter how many people you've been with. Like, can you fuck one Two, can you find meaningful connections with people through sex? And this is not, like, a hierarchy. So don't think that these are in order. It's just, like, though that's what matters. It doesn't matter how many people you've been with. Um, I think the other thing, too, that I was thinking about is, like, people love to make things so binary. And so when we think of being a hoe, it's like when a girl is um, a... Over When guys think a girl is over-sexualized or even wild, she can be labeled a hoe, right? And men don't really have a hoe phase. But that completely leaves out, like, the entire spectrum of gender. And it's just very much about men and women versus, like, literally people can have a hoe phase or you can decide that a hoe phase is not for you. And so I think the other reason why... To me, the language is so important is because, like, I think a lot of sexual language is is lives on the gender binary. And we really need to talk about that in order to make sure that we're being inclusive of everyone, you know. So, um, yeah, I'm just I'm just over here philosophizing. But that's just me, though. I think, too, um, you guys will notice in the title of this episode, and if you follow me on Instagram, I choose to spell hoe the French way, so H-E-A-U-X, um, and one reason for that is just because I feel like we need to sort of take back the definition of hoe, and I um, I was thinking about when I was in middle school and uh, people had just started having sex, um, <laughs> which I I hadn't started having sex then, but I, I do remember um, that like being called a hoe was like one of the worst things that somebody could call you. Um, in middle school, like being labeled a hoe meant that, um, you know, people just may have said or thought things about you. I remember like one of my really, really good friends, uh, like, like let some guy finger her and he was like really popular. And, uh, he went around telling everyone that she was a hoe and literally these girls pulled up after school to like jump her because other people were calling her a hoe. And, um, I I think because of some of those like formative experiences for me, um, I had a lot of negative connotation like with the word. And then also at the same time, like being in church and learning it and learning a lot about like purity and abstinence. Um <laughs> I just felt like if if anyone were ever going to call me a hoe, it would be, like, the worst thing to ever happen to me. And then when I finally had my first hoe phase, I realized that, like, none of that shit matters. Like, nobody else's opinion matters. Nothing of what anyone thinks of me matters. And, like, yeah, I like being a hoe. And I'm okay with that. And so I've reclaimed the word for myself and my self-work by spelling it in a fancy way and letting people know that, yeah, I'm a hoe. I love to travel to other countries and drink wine and eat cheese and fuck random 20 something year olds when my like journey calls for it or whatever it may be. You know, but um, yeah, that's one of the reasons why I like to spell the word the way that I do. I think also when we talk about the word hoe, it is very like gendered. It's very um, much about labeling women as sexual deviants or over-sexualized beings. And <laughs> I was recently talking to some of my guy friends and we were like, well, what do you call a hoe phase for a man? and one of them responded it's just being a guy and so like men have all this like room to in our society to be sexually liberated to to be hoes to be fuckboys, boys to do whatever they want to do to have multiple partners to date multiple people and yet like if a women if a woman exhibits those kinds of behaviors, um, more often than not, like other people may label her as a hoe and I think it's unfair and so I'm bringing class I'm bringing sass and I'm reclaiming the the hoe in ho phase for myself in that way um so I feel like we're ready to get into the first topic and um I have a little fun thing that I've planned for us tonight so after collecting the data um I decided to sit down and philosophize just a little bit and uh I have come up with um, some different kind of hoe phases that I would like to um define and give a framework for. I feel like framework is another word that keeps coming up this season, um, me being a projector and all. But um, okay. So when I when I sat down initially, I was going to use the characters of Sex and the City to define the different types of hoe phases, you know, just as a mental model. But then I was like, this podcast is uh, ran and run and delivered by uh, black girls. And so for black girls... You know, you may or may not have seen Sex in the City, but you uh probably have seen girlfriends, and so each one of my ho phases that I have, um, is going to live through the characters of girlfriends. So, for the first one, we have the Lynn ho phase, and how perfect that her name would just so happen to be the same as mine. Um, so in the Lynn ho phase. This ho phase is about sexual liberation. Um, and so you might find, uh, someone saying yes to trying new things sexually, um, saying yes to many or multiple partners and being down, um, for things that maybe they wouldn't in their everyday life. Um, I know when I have gone through my Lynn ho phase, that's, when I was just like... Maybe out at the club, I might have met someone and just really connected with them quickly and thought like, yeah, I'm gonna give this a try. I'm gonna try it. Um, and sometimes that worked out well for me and sometimes it didn't work out so well. But um <laughs> I love that the club is like my my biggest example. That was during my hood my uh club rat era. Um I had a hood rat era too, but we'll talk about that later. Um <laughs> what else? I think um I think one thing that alyn Ho phase is about is potentially getting deeper into kinks, really thinking about what gives you sexual gratification and pleasure, um not necessarily being closed off to attachment um but just allowing yourself to be in the flow of your sexual hedonism and really living in that. Um, and it doesn't even necessarily have to be sexual. Maybe your Lin Ho phase is around not having sex and just trying a whole bunch of other things like sucking dick and eating pussy or whatever. Or maybe it's just kissing. I don't know. That's up to you, whatever you decide. But it's just about being able to say yes to pleasure And sexual pleasure in particular. That's the Lynn Ho phase. Next, we have the Joan Ho phase. (laughs) And whenever I talk about Joan, I always have to say that that bitch got on my fucking nerves the second season of Girlfriends. The first season, I kind of was like fucking with her. But in a 2020 lens of watching Joan, I was like, wow, this this woman is a monster. Um, But for the Ho phase. So. If you guys have seen Girlfriends, you maybe know that Joan is a little bit of a prude. Um she's she's a little judgmental and so my Joan Hofes is just for the girls who maybe identify with that prudeness and I hate the word prude cuz I feel like sometimes um people use it to like peer pressure people who are like not ready for things but I think in the traditional sense of the word prude um would be someone who maybe is more reserved who's not like willing to try things um and so, in a Joan Ho phase, what you might find yourself doing is just like dressing sexy. Maybe. Could also be like putting yourself out there and like giving your number to people. Um, If you're someone who's a little bit more reserved, that might be a big thing for you to go up to someone and be like, I like you and I think you're cute. Or here's my number. Hit me up. What's up? Um, Putting yourself out there for rejection. Because I think the other thing like Joan struggles with is like always having to be perfect. Um, And so thinking about how to put yourself in situations with other people where you're trying new things and um, just not being so much of a prude and not being afraid to be rejected. Um, And so it's not so much uh, about sex, but maybe more about the type of situations you're putting yourself in and how you're pushing um, yourself to be seen by other people. Um, And not that that matters, but I think sometimes... When I know in the past when I felt more reserved, it was about putting on this um, posture that I have it all together and just like not doing that and just being a little messy. And that's okay. Just trying it. That's the Joan Ho phase. Um, The next one. Is the Tony Ho phase, and I'm smiling at Rihanna because we were literally just talking about this. But uh, Tony's the one in Girlfriends who she got a job and she got money, but her man needs to have money, okay? And so, the Tony Ho phase for me is the sugar baby hoe phase. That's the one where (laughs) you could be going to the extreme all the way of getting flown out places or uh, having uh, people pay to take you out to dinner and then um, having them get hotel rooms just so they could go down on you for hours. Or it could be that you... um, (laughs) It could be that you're saying yes to going out on dates with people, even if you don't intend to actually date them, but you just want like a nice meal and conversation. And I know, I know that people are going to be like, that's not okay. But I want to come back to the idea that a whole phase, it can be a little toxic. Sometimes it can be about mischief and um, I don't judge people for what they do. I think as long as you're honest with people Um, it's okay, but sometimes you just, like, need to get your feet wet with dating people. You need to see what it's like to have someone, like, take care of you. Um, that's not my place to judge. I'm just collecting information and letting people know. That's the Tony Ho phase. And I've had that, too, okay? When I was a broke college student and I was hungry, I said yes to a lot of dates with people, especially when I was traveling, um, just so I could eat. Um, but I've also been flown places as well, but we'll talk about that on a different episode. All right. (laughs) The next, um, I feel like I want to talk about it now, but I'm gonna wait to talk about it. I'm thinking of my friend who, yo, when Instagram first started, uh... Thank God I was in a relationship, but one of my really good friends um, started meeting a bunch of, like, NFL players and basketball players off Instagram who would DM her and be like, do you want to come to Miami this weekend? And they would just pay for her to fly out. And I'm just thankful that Instagram did not exist when I was single and having a whole phase because I would have been in a different country every fucking weekend. Okay. Um, but yeah, that's the Tony. All right. Last but not least, we have the Maya Ho phase, and I want to say that this is probably one of the more popular Ho phases. So you have seen girlfriends. So remember when um Maya and Darnell broke up and he divorced her, gut wrenching. Well, the Maya Ho phase is the post breakup ho phase and that's when you just got out of a relationship and (laughs) there's a saying (laughs) one of my aunties used to say and that's um sometimes you got to get under one person to get over another (laughs) and in the my ho phase you might be getting under a whole bunch of people to get over somebody else again A little toxic, a little toxic because sometimes you need time to yourself, but also could be immaculate. I know like, um, and I'm going to talk about this a little bit when I talk about my own experiences, but like sometimes that post breakup hoe face has been really healing for me. Um, it's allowed me to meet and have connections with people very quickly uh, and to realize that I can do that and that it's okay. Um, and so could be a little toxic, could also be really good for you depending on who you are and how you're trying to like put yourself out there. But, um, yeah, the Maya, the Tony, the Joan, the Lynn, feel free to let me know which one or uh many of those that resonate with you. All right, changing gears a little bit, I wanted to talk about some of my own personal experiences um, with the hoe phase. So when I started thinking about my hoe phases, it was kind of difficult at first because I'm not going to lie to you. I feel like at the place that I'm in in my life right now, I feel like I am just simply a hoe and I'm in a never ending hoe phase. <laughs> I just So there's that but then when i started to dig a little deeper i think there's two times in particular where i have gone through a whole phase that i wanted to talk about so the first one was around the time i think i was maybe like uh like 19 to 20 to 21 um so when i was in high school I was really involved in my church and I was a a very, uh, God fearing Christian woman. Um, and you know, spirituality, like where I am now, I'm in a much different place, but I was, I was like a devout Christian girl. I thought I was going to wait until I was married to have sex. Um And I just practiced abstinence and went to church. I didn't even listen to secular music. Like that's how much I was into it. And this was like a phase. But um, something traumatic happened at my church. I had a youth pastor that I was in love with. Like she was the just the bee's knees. Like she was amazing. She brought all of us like little hood kids into Bible study and had us sitting around talking about Bible verses every week and just like it was a really formative experience. And um she was young herself. I think she was like in her early twenties when she started our youth group but um what ended up happening is um she had met another youth pastor and they ended up having sex with each other and when she told they weren't married when she told our um pastor the leader of our church he made her stand up in front of the whole church and like confess her sin to everyone and then they made they made her step down as our youth leader And very shortly after that, she stopped coming to our church. And it was, like, really traumatic because I was so close to her. I was going through a lot at that time. One of my friends had passed away um, who was involved in our church youth group. And all of us, like, really needed her to be there. And she was such a good person. And it just, like, I, I already was in a place where purity and abstinence was, like, such a huge thing. And then for them to, like, completely demonize her for, like, making a quote-unquote mistake, um, I it just left a really bad taste in my mouth. So I actually stopped going to that church as well. And it sent me on this whole journey of, like, redefining religion and thinking about like you know the thing like I had grown up in church going with my aunt and really rethinking um about some of those beliefs that I had been taught to believe versus stepping into it myself and it just always bothered me how much sex was such a huge like it was at the forefront of her um going through this thing in our church. And so, um, I, I think I lost my virginity when I was like 17 and I was just sort of floundering. And by the time I was 19, I was realizing that I really didn't enjoy sex. I always felt a lot of shame about it. I always felt guilty. I felt like Jesus was watching me. And, um, I just decided that I was going to have a hoe phase. I think I even called it that then because the hoe phase has been around for a minute. Okay. Um, and also the fact that that was like 15 years ago is disturbing. Um, but I decided to have my little hoe phase. And in that particular hoe phase, I would say it was more of a Lynn ho phase. It was about sexual liberation. I literally decided that I was going to say yes to everything. So like, if but with the caveat that I had to be like attracted to the person. And not to like them, but I had to be attracted to them. So if ever someone was like, Do you wanna like da da da, I was just like, yes, yes, yes. And um at the time when I started it, it felt very sexually liberating. I realized that I really enjoyed sex. Like sex was fun. And it made me have an appreciation too for like You know, I I had different partners. I was going to say a lot. Fuck it. I had a lot of different partners. I did. I had a lot of different partners at that time in my life. And um, I found that I could always have an appreciation for the different things that people were into, the different ways that people were and even to this day, like getting someone alone in like a, in a room where there's like a possibility of sex, like seeing people step into that part of themselves that you don't get to see like in the daylight is just so exciting for me. It is. It's just so exciting for me. And and I think, um, I think the bad part about it, the part that was toxic, is that I said yes to things that I shouldn't have said yes to. And um, sometimes the boundaries of consent, I'll be honest, were a little iffy. Um, there was definitely manipulation, coercion. I was like 19 and not always sure how to say no. And also was committed to saying yes. So... I think I needed to learn a little bit how to like peel back. And what ended up happening at the end of that whole phase is that I um I actually became celibate and I didn't have sex with anyone for nine months. I not only did I not have sex, I didn't date at all. And so I went from this like hyper sexual state to basically like trying to be asexual. And I think whenever you're playing with extremes like that, like there's always learning in every experience. But I I think I needed to learn the balance between those two things. Um, and now at like 30, almost 35 years old, I feel like I do have a balance between those things. But um, yeah, I think I think the biggest takeaway from that particular whole phase is. I don't have to say yes to everything. Consent is really important. And I just kind of love shenanigans and mischief. And that's okay. Because I think before when I was in church, I felt like I couldn't do that because I didn't feel like it was okay. But that particular hoe phase taught me that being a hoe is okay. And it's going to be okay. All right. Um, the next hoe phase that I had that I think was really formative was um, after being cheated on. So um, this didn't re- this particular hoe phase didn't result in a breakup because the person and I stayed together. But the cheating at the time was so traumatic, and um, the person and I had been together for. A long time and so when I found out about the cheating um, it just completely like rocked my world like it threw me off my equilibrium it caused me to see the world differently like I just had no clue that anything was even going on so when I found out about it I was like damn and before I found out about him cheating on me he had sat me down and told me that he wanted to like leave the relationship. But he couldn't really tell me why. And I and I just remember thinking, like, wow, I'm, like, so unlovable that this person who I've been with for years, for, like, five, six years, like, just doesn't even want to fuck with me anymore. And then when I found out he was cheating, I was like, oh, no, it's not me. Like, he had something going on. And then I decided I was going to have a hoe phase. And I got on Tinder, which I'm laughing because this is like 10 years after everyone else has been on Tinder. Like I have no concept of what Tinder is, how Tinder goes. I don't know nothing. I'm just like a baby coming into Tinder after all of my friends have been using it for the last 10 years. And I remember thinking like when I got on it, first of all, the matches just started happening immediately. And my shit was like overwhelmed. Like I was literally laying in bed crying and depressed. So I had time. And the only thing I was doing was just like crying and being on Tinder swiping. And I remember thinking like, like guys would message me and be like oh my gosh what are you doing on tinder you're so beautiful like i want to take you out tomorrow no i need to meet up with you now and one guy even like when we matched he was like yay i'm so excited i never thought i would match with you and like all of this energy after feeling like you know feeling like i was unlovable feeling like uh the person that i had been with did not appreciate me or see my value like All of this energy was so fresh and new and exciting. And um, I didn't have sex with anyone. I was just being a hoe by like talking to hella people. I think eventually I did meet up with someone and like have a one night stand. And it was the best one night stand ever because he had just gotten out of jail. (laughs) Wow. getting messy we are really getting messy on the whole phase podcast if you could believe it but okay so let me detour real quick so this one night stand that i had this man had just gotten out of jail and i had just gotten out of my relationship i had like kicked the person out of the house and i i didn't know if we were gonna continue being together or if i was gonna be single and so when me and the guy met up um <laughs> It was so cute. He told me his circumstance. I told him my circumstance. So it was kind of known like, okay, we both really here because we just trying to fuck and like rip the bandaid off. Like I hadn't been with another person in se- in six years. He hadn't been with anyone because he was in jail. <laughs> And he was also a drug dealer, so he brought hella weed with him. And we just smoked blunts and drank Hennessy. And he was one of the most hilarious people I've ever met in my life. So he made me laugh all fucking night. And it was, like, the exact medicine that I needed. And um, before, I, before I met up with him, I thought, like, oh, I'm about to just really make all these dick appointments and just, like, validate myself and feel whatever and honestly this one night stand was so perfect that I cancelled all dick appointments afterward and got off Twitter or Tinder, Twitter (laughs) I got off Tinder and I never talked to this man again but it was everything I needed that night to be, you know Um, and then the real hoeing began uh, because I became polyamorous after that (laughs) So I think that particular hoe phase taught me um, that I needed to stop seeking outside validation from people um, because there was no reason for my worth to be wrapped up in my partner. There was no reason for my worth to be wrapped up in random people on Tinder, even though it was very affirming. Um, I realized like, Nobody else should make me feel this way. I should be able to pull myself out of this. And in this relationship, I had gotten so lost and my self-esteem was so low that I needed that. And I don't ever want to be in a relationship like that again. So that was one thing that, that whole phase taught me. And then the other thing that it taught me is um I like to flirt. I don't really need to be out here fucking hella people. I just like, I like shenanigans shenanigans okay and i'm down for them but um i don't need to always express that connection physically um with so many people and that uh in me realizing my the validation and attention that is healthy for me um it i need to make sure that i'm not forcing myself into sexual situations to get that um and honestly those learning lessons are not pretty but they're real and so I appreciate you for listening to them um like I said the whole phase might be a little toxic but you always gonna learn something and that's what's most important All right, we've come to the sexiest part of our show, um, Pillow Talk with Lynn. And for tonight, I put a question sticker in my story on Instagram. um, And it says, a lesson I learned during my whole phase was... And so let's just see what some of the listeners said. Um, Okay, so the first one says, a lesson I learned during my whole phase was God is real. No way I had that much unprotected sex without getting STDs slash preggers. And this is literally the first response. Like I told y'all, the whole face is messy. Wow, we've we out here being messy, (laughs) and it's so funny. We're just talking about unprotected sex too. But um, all I have to say is no judgment. But y'all be safe though, and uh, just make sure you get tested regularly. You know, um, just be safe out here. Um, another person said a lesson I learned during my whole phase was straight girls ain't never as straight as they say they are. (laughs) And, um, honestly, I feel like the whole phase is really just an opportunity, um, to realize a lot of shit about yourself. So if you realize that you might be, uh, into girls, like that's totally up to you. That's your choice. And I fully support it. Honestly, um, because women are beautiful. God. But and anyway, the next one says, a lesson I learned during my hoe phase was I am magical as fuck and now I know it. And I love that shit um, because honestly, I feel like that's how every hoe phase should end. It should end with you realizing that you're magical, wonderful, and special. and um, And knowing it. Oh, baby bear. I love that I'm just talking about hoe shit with my baby in the studio. <laughs> he don't speak English, y'all. He don't understand yet. Um, <laughs> a lesson I learned during my whole phase was that a whole phase was a necessity after a bad marriage. Zero regrets. Um, and I talked already about my post-breakup ho phase but I just feel like the sometimes that post breakup ho phase is immaculate and after being married ooh yeah a ho phase might be necessary um another person said that they oh they said that they didn't necessarily have a ho phase they had a virtual ho phase and um my response to that is is there any other way to be virtual? I mean, I don't know. I'm I'm very much a hoe on the internet. If there's one place that I am hoeing, it is on the internet. And if you saw my DMs, <laughs> then you would know, especially after adult happy hours. Them shit's be crazy. Um yeah. <laughs> Oh, this is cute. They followed it up. The person followed it up by saying, um, I would say online dating was their ho phase. And most lesbians growing up in the early 2010s were always having long distance relationships with multiple people. (laughs) And if you can see Rihanna in the studio throwing up gang signs. (laughs) Oh, who didn't have a few bitches in other states? Um, all right. Those are the MySpace days, though. The Instagram days. Now it's just other countries. Like, the Hoenn is just extended to not even different area codes. But you know how they have the country codes? Different country codes. <laughs> Whoa. Okay. Another um, Another person said, I learned that sex with myself is better. And I fuck with that because honestly, um, I told y'all one of my first hoe phases led me to celibacy. And um, during that intentional celibacy is when I learned to masturbate. And I finally started having a sexual relationship with myself. So I support it. And now I masturbate every fucking day. So it could be a problem. It could be just a ritual. I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's another subject for another day. Um, Okay, last but not least, I love this question. So this person said, um, okay, this might be one of my favorite happy hours. Any thoughts for those of us who haven't had a ho phase? We're living in unprecedented times. Is it too late for us? <laughs> It's never too late. <clears throat> it's never too late. Um, So basically, I said... Um, I had a few pieces of advice. And I think first is that the whole phase is whatever you make of it. You could be a Lynn. You could be a Tony. You could be a Joan. You could be a Maya. You could be a William. I don't know. You could be somebody not even on that motherfucking show. I don't know. But like your whole phase is up to you. Like if you want to get flu, if you want to go out on dates, if you want to get on an app and start talking to hell people, if you want to dress a little sluttier, um, if you like want to try things sexually, if you want to have group sex, that's my next whole phase. Honestly, I'm gonna be in sex clubs. My, <laughs> this is a whole tangent, but my like Oakland dream is to end up at two shorts mansion at a sex party because I heard that he has it's like an urban legend he has like crazy sex parties that's my hope for the future but um whatever you want your whole face to be however you define it that's totally up to you the second thing is that um, I suggest finding yourself a ho mantra. So this is good for times when you feel tempted to be judgmental of yourself. Um, and the judgment for me, um, a lot of the judgment I had of myself came from shame. So having to overcome like sexual shame or even just like the shame of not wanting people to call me a hoe because some of the things I was doing and the shenanigans I was involved in. Um, So in the past, some of my mantras have been uh, charge it to the game. (laughs) I still tell myself that sometimes because sometimes I get myself into situations where... That shit don't go my way. And I got to charge it to the game. Um, The second one is they love that shit. So, like, sometimes if I feel like I'm doing too much or, like, if, uh, I don't know, like, if I'm overthinking, like, other people and what they think of me, I'm just like, fuck it. They love that shit. That's why they talking to you. That's my other mantra. And then uh, the last and most (laughs) toxic mantra I've ever had in my whole phase was... If I don't remember, it never happened. (laughs) And that was during my first hoe phase that I talked about when uh, I was going out to the club a lot and meeting people and, you know, just sometimes getting into shenanigans and people that I didn't need to be involved in. I've since retired that one, but, um, you know, it was helpful during that time. A little toxic, but maybe not even a little bit. Anyway, um... So yeah, get yourself a home mantra. And then the last one um, is just don't set like time and space limits on yourself. So I think sometimes people will say like,, uh, like this whole, I'm gonna do this whole phase for the summer, I'm gonna do it while I'm on vacation or something, which is like totally fine. Like if that's what you want to do, do that. But what I've found is that set an intention. For what you're looking for, whether it's exploration, whether it's more practice, whether it's for pleasure, for comfort, like whatever it is that you're looking for, just set an intention around that and just allow yourself to be in that space. And like for me, I've never really set a time and space limit on my whole phase, but I always know when it's over Because when it's over is when I stop having fun. If it's not fun anymore, don't do it. Actually, that might be the last lesson. You'll know when your whole phase is over when it stops being fun. And when it stops being fun, don't force yourself to do it anymore and move on to something else. Um, I know a lot of people say don't fall in love, but fuck it. If you fucking fall in love, then who cares? Just do what you want to do have your hoe phase, be happy, get some dick, get some pussy, get whatever it is. That's up to you. With that, I'm going to say good night and goodbye to all my hoes. Love you. (laughs) Bye. Before we go, want to give a few shout outs. First to our wonderful, dynamic, just illustrious, beautiful producer and sound engineer, Rihanna Simone, um, who is in the studio with us every week producing and making sure we sound good and making sure everything makes sense um if you want to see more of her work there'll be links to her social media in the description for our show um and also our theme song is produced by Rihanna Natural Phenomenon and features poetry by me And the beautiful, angelic, full voice that sounds like honey, Timbrielle. You can find her social media and links also in our description. And you can even find a link to Natural Phenomenon on Spotify if you'd like to hear the whole thing, which you do. So go give it a listen. One thing I love about Adult Happy Hour is we have a wonderful community of listeners. And this all started with an Instagram post, which led to weekly discussions, sharing resources, learning, and so much more. I get so excited when y'all see me in public and tell me you've come from something you've heard on the show or when you DM me to tell me you did some kinky shit and I want us to continue having moments like this. If you learned something tonight... Or if you really just enjoy hearing us giggle, join us on Patreon, where you can hear behind the scenes shenanigans, hotels, and conversations that just get deeper and juicier. It also helps us to continue bringing you the content that you love, so follow the link in our bio and if you're not already following us on instagram what are you doing jk um you can find me at poetry and tings and we do adult happy hour in my story every single thursday i cannot wait to hear from you and thank you so much for supporting us